When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a destination. We are finally here. Let's go. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Destination Dynasty. I am your gracious host, Scott Connor. You can find me on X at Charles Chill FFB. And there's a lot of stuff that is going on right now. The first week of the NFL season is almost in the books. You're hearing this on Monday morning, Monday afternoon, whenever you get a chance to listen to the show. Uh, We've gotten largely our first week of football in the books, some injuries, some highs, some lows. And a lot of things that we want to react to. And what I'm going to do is just give my initial thoughts on what I saw this weekend. Some themes that I'm kind of noticing already out there, just kind of browsing through the Discord, browsing through Twitter. Uh, And then a little bit update on the content at Destination Devi over the next three, four months for the 2023 season. And just talk about some of our reactions. This is going to be an abbreviated episode. Uh, we'll be back to regularly scheduled programming next week. I am recording this show from Las Vegas. I was in Las Vegas for the FFPC main event drafts. Uh, it has been a heck of a week trying to think everything ready for the launch of the new website, all the content organized uh, for the upcoming year. Uh, in addition to myself, um, breaking my cell phone. Uh, At the gym, unfortunately, a victim of a dumbbell that landed square in the center of the phone, basically crushed it, had to spend quite a bit of time that was not planned here in Vegas trying to salvage finding a new phone. Uh, And then my laptop, unfortunately, took uh, a little bit of a nosedive into a shallow pool where basically it does not charge anymore. So just some crazy things that have happened, but I wanted to get on here put out an episode. There's definitely some things that need to be reacted to. Uh, With that, you can still join everything over at Destination Devi uh, for a very limited short period of time remaining, patreon.com slash all gas. There's an additional tier that was announced. Really proud to welcome my guys at Dynasty Trades in 5, Shane and Clay, to the Destination Devi wing. Uh, There is a Discord tier that includes everything previously that was right below the Heisman tier is now a Trades in 5 Discord with all of our own channels. Got to do our first AMA with Shane and myself on Saturday night. So that is one of the perks that you will get in the Trades in 5 Discord is live access to Shane and I more so than just on Mannequin Chill and on Trades in 5. You get more content in the Discord. And then obviously the Heisman tier, you get everything over on the Discord as well if you join the Heisman tier. 
Voice chat. Voice chat has been absolutely fire this week over in the Heisman tier. Tons of new people joining. It's been absolutely fabulous to have a lot of the new people jump in, participate, and quite frankly, adding some spice to the channel, to the team. So it's been awesome. Looking forward to that. Chopping it up again, patreon.com slash all gas. But let's get to it. So what I wanted to do is I want to just give some initial reactions. And the first thing that I'm going to do that I kind of learned my lesson a little bit on uh, that I definitely want to apply next season as some of the same principles and same things that I tend to build my portfolio around. I'm going to learn these lessons just after one week. And I think the first thing is really better understanding the timing of things in Dynasty. And I'll give the example, and it's applicable because of something that I tried to do this Saturday and this Sunday before the games was the Dion Jackson situation. And people are probably going, wow, I'm tuning into this podcast for the Dion Jackson situation. What does that mean? But there's always a deeper meaning, right? And in this case, I went into the weekend with a ton of exposure of Dion Jackson. And we're talking 19 leagues I was carrying Dion Jackson. Now, for that 19 leagues, I built a lot of rosters. And we talked about this in the AMA last night, but I wanted to make it a point to highlight because it's going to come up many, many times throughout the rest of the season. But I wanted to make it a point to talk about the fact that I've built a lot of teams around guys like Deion Jackson, right? Any running back on a 53. And essentially, you're just thinking, all right, I know there's going to be situations where I'm going to just be forced to play him, right? I know there's going to be situations where he's the best option for me. Now, he didn't end up doing anything, so it wasn't helpful. I started Deion Jackson in seven of the 19 leagues that I had him. And they're ranging from start 10s to start 12s, start 13s, 12 teams, 14 teams. So it really didn't matter. Most of my leagues are 12 teams start 11, 12 teams start 12, 12 teams start 13, and then some 14 teams start 11, 12, 13. You get it. That's typically the lane that I'm playing in. Probably 90% of my lineup leagues are that. The rest are best ball, and then I have a couple others that are shallow. So largely, he is in lineups where most likely I have put all of my assets into high-end quarterbacks, into high-end receivers, tight-end advantages, other assets, right? I'm not carrying assets in the form of running backs for the most part, especially in the deeper leagues. Because if you think about it, the deeper leagues actually allow you a little more leeway when you're starting those types of running backs. They have a bigger impact relative to the league because the league is deeper. There's more starters. So if you actually get a super dirt cheap start and they give you even just baseline production, it's worth more than it might be in a shallower league. So that was the first thing. So seven out of 19, right? Not too bad. I can live with that, especially in week one where we don't know a lot of stuff. And obviously the earlier in the season advantage to the teams that have some of the running backs that you could just project for a little bit of a workload advantage to the team that has Brian Robinson, just because you know, you can probably project him for a workload and they probably are going to give you a little bit more to start the season, given that they're healthy. And I noticed that here in this weekend at the FFPC, 
some of the teams that did well early on, teams that drafted the running backs because they're healthy. So the strategy takes a little time to work. We all know that. We all know the attrition of the season and roster construction does not reveal itself right away. So I can live with the 7 out of 19 Deion Jacksons. Didn't help me. Be curious to go back and look at those seven matchups and see how did I do in those seven matchups? Did it really hurt me? And maybe I'll go through as a follow-up and talk about did it really hurt me in those matchups? But the other point was, and this is where I think the strategy takes on a new form, that you have to incorporate these two principles when you are playing this strategy. It is not just about following the war, following any running back on a 53, following the roster construction. That is the first thing. That is what you do for eight months in the offseason. That is what you do once the season ends. You get into free agency in the NFL. You get into rookie draft season. And it truly is, from February to August, any running back on a 53 and that includes any running back that could make a 53. And then, of course, a couple weeks ago, I put out the episode talking about all of the depth charts, and then it changes. The 53s change. You see running backs that you thought might be on the 53 are healthy scratches to start the season. That's fine. But the understanding is you widen the net in the offseason, you get the roster construction where you want, and truly you start the pushing of the assets to where you want them to be. Now, let's say that was a team that I kind of went all in and it's Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. I probably lost week one and that's okay. I can live with the results if the players do well or whether they don't do well. And that's where you have to be careful of anecdotal examples of this type of thing. Because I can live with those results. If the players just don't play well, but I've allocated the resources where I think it is best based on the roster construction, that's fine. But back to Deion Jackson. So I set up to where I put seven of those 19 in my lineups. But the other thing that I did, and it's a grind. This is a grind if you're going to play this way. But I went out and I traded five Deion Jackson shares for third-round picks or equivalent, one was an IDP league where I ended up getting a fourth round pick, but essentially the equivalent of five third round picks. So right there, I went from 19 to 14, and half of those were in my lineup. So the other ones, probably tried. I think three or four of those other leagues I posted in the chat, hey, I'm willing to take a third if anybody wants them. Didn't get any bites. Couple of the others, I went out and actively spammed for a third. Didn't get any bites. That's okay. And part of it is, let's be honest, it's early in the season. I was actually surprised I got five of the 19 done, just given how many teams had enough players to fill their starting lineup this week. And that was the biggest takeaway from this is it doesn't work as well early on in the season. So early on in the season, it's almost like, hey, I understand that Deion Jackson's opportunity could happen at any point or any running back's opportunity could happen at any point. But how beneficial was it if it happened this week relative to how many people might have needed him to start? And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is you have to stick to this process when you're playing this way. And there's going to be points during the season where early on, it's not as viable for you to actually get a market. So you better hope that you actually need the players 
and that you can use them. Otherwise, you may look at this as a missed opportunity because Zach Moss comes back. Who the heck knows with that backfield? But the point is, you maybe missed an opportunity for a spot start if you didn't start Deion Jackson in your lineup. And it has nothing to do with whether he produced. But if you didn't have him in your lineup, you probably looked at that like, man, I would love to have him at a different time when I need a running back. Or I would love to have him in another league where maybe I needed a running back. But he was just sitting there on your bench. And now after a bad game, unfortunately, he's really not worth anything until he gets maybe another opportunity. And even if he gets another opportunity because his game was really bad, you may not even have a buyer even if he gets another opportunity. So definitely with a bad game, it hurts the future market of a guy like that. But that's the first point is just understanding the timing of everything and understanding that at the beginning of the year, the strategy doesn't always work just because there's not the demand. Same with the end of the year. You get to week 13, 14, 15. If you have no trade deadline and you can still move at that point, there's going to be limited buyers later on in the year because there's only going to be so many teams that go, you know what? I actually need to trade for a spot start running back. The three or four teams that are out of the playoff mix, they have no incentive to do it. So again, understanding the league dynamics, does it matter for every team to play? I am in quite a few leagues, A, with a toilet bowl, B, with a consolation bracket where there's actually a prize, or maybe even a consolation bracket or toilet bowl where you play for a high draft pick. Those USFFL leagues that we started, you play for your draft picks. There is no trade deadline, which makes it really fun because there is an active market for those types of trades, those type of spot start running backs, for anybody to either A, want to use them all year, but B, maybe trade them to teams that aren't even in the playoffs. But there's something to play for. And that leads to the next point, is how do you take advantage of this? And again, forget about the name. Forget about whether the player produced. It's easy to sit here on Monday and say, Deion Jackson had a bad game. This spot start running back didn't produce. It's easy to sit there and go that they did or didn't. You can look back historically. It is hit or miss whether they actually produce. Generally, if we can project some sort of workload for a running back, there's a good chance they will at least give you some sort of production. With the key being anything I get from that spot start is a bonus. An absolute bonus. I'm not expecting... 15 points. If I get eight, I'll take it. I still have a chance to win depending on how I allocated the other resources in my lineup. But the biggest takeaway, and we talked about this on the AMA, we had a really good question uh, from one of our longtime Discord members about this, is if you are in a situation where you can take advantage of these spot starts, you just let it ride. You want to design your team to where you do not have too many of these types to have to pick between. Now, there may be weeks during the year where you have four or five options and you only have to pick two. And sometimes there, that's why you want to try to trade from the excess that you have. See if anybody else will give you a third, give you a third and a fourth, you know, whatever it might be. That's the whole point. That's why you trade them away, even to other teams that need them, because you don't need them in that week. But the second thing is, what do you do if you want to build a team around a couple players that are not anchors? So there's one reason why I typically do not like to hold a ton of value in guys that are high-end valuable running backs. Maybe I'll have one per team if I get them organically. 
But the idea is above the Deion Jackson types, above just the pure spot starters, you have the committee guys. You have the guys like the Jalen Warrens. You have the guys like the Tank Bigsby's. And maybe they're even young. Maybe they have some dynasty value. But the point is, they are players where you go, you know what? I'm just going to live with throwing them in there and seeing what happens. It's the same thing I did this week with DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell. After we found out that Rashad Penny was going to be inactive, I played Swift, I played Gainwell, and I basically said, I'm going to live with the result. Because you know what? I don't have any better options. And there's a theory as to why I put those guys in. They're on a good team, blah, blah, blah. But the point was, my roster was designed to basically just say, you know what? I'm going to put them in there and live with the results. I can go through the list of running backs that I did that with. Some were good, some weren't. And that's fine. Tyler Algier, awesome. And you wonder, how did people actually get Tyler Algier in their lineup? Well, you know what? The people that had him in their lineup probably had situations where they go, yeah, I can probably expect him to get 12 touches, 10 to 12 touches. Let's see what happens. And then a lot of other people probably went, you know what? I can't trust Tyler Algier. I have no idea what the Falcons are going to look like. I have no idea what Bijan's rushing share is going to be. I have no idea what his usage in general is going to be. So I'm going to sit Tyler Algier on my bench. And that's the type of player where you go, if I built my running back room around, say, hey, I have Tyler Algier and I have Jamal Williams, I'm just starting them both. If I have Kenneth Gainwell and Jamal Williams, those are my starters. And again, this is a really, really extreme strategy in theory. But the idea is you don't want to be making a ton of decisions. You do not want to lose access to some of these spot start running backs when you can, which means you're going to almost drain your team of a lot of the running back value that it holds. And that's what the war says. You go through, you look at the graphs, unless you are trading away a difference making running back. That is essentially what the war data tells you. Now who the players are beats me. I'm no better at evaluating who the players are than anybody else. But the idea is you don't want to be overloaded on these types unless it is a league where you go, you know what, I can be flexing running backs. And in that case, if it's a small point per carry or it's a deep enough league, 13, 14 starters, and it makes sense to have extra flexes where, hey, you love to have an extra flex running back because you actually need another player to put in there, then fine. But the biggest takeaway is having access to those guys, whether they produce or not. That is the biggest key part of the strategy, and it is what is lost, especially now. I'm here in Vegas and seeing how many people take the hero running back approach. Even in these FFPC leagues where it is eight starters, there's a kicker and a defense, so you can call it 10, but largely, it's an extremely shallow league. A lot of us listening to this content would look at those leagues and go, man, those are really shallow. Like You actually have to be better at picking players to find a benefit because it is a shallow league. You can't just win based on roster construction. And that's something that I've had to learn a little bit the hard way uh, in these high stakes redraft streets is it's not the same as Dynasty. The war may say it's the same. The outcomes actually end up being very similar, but you can't just go as extreme, especially in these leagues that are only they're literally only 12 weeks long from a regular season perspective. So again, unlike a dynasty league that is going to be 14 weeks plus three weeks of the playoffs, these FFPC leagues are only 12 weeks. And then you have 13 and 14 as your playoffs. 
But what does that do? That actually gives me three less weeks to take advantage of the chaos of a season. So you have to think about those things. And in a shallower league, even if you go to that extreme point, you still have to get access to having a guy like Tyler Algier. Because if you drafted him and you just backfilled him on your team, essentially what you're hoping for is that you catch the right starts in the right weeks and you just throw them in because you don't have a better option. So I think that's the main idea with this is just understanding it's not that any running back on a 53 works. It's not that, hey, who is this week's spot start? What are they worth? Will someone buy them from me? Everyone kind of already knows that. We've talked about that a lot. It's the peripheral stuff that goes behind it. And it's what I see a lot of people make mistakes with in their leagues is they understand the any running back on a 53 strategy. They understand that. They understand why it works. They understand the fact that it's usually easier to project running backs on a weekly basis. But what they fail to really grasp is all the other things that you have to do around it to really maximize it. And it doesn't mean it's always going to work, but you have to understand all the other things that goes into the build. It is make sure you have an excess of good receivers. Make sure you have high-end players at the quarterbacks and at the tight end position. Like You want to be locked down with advantages in those spots to maximize what you may get from the random spot start that could give you five points, could give you 18. When it gives you 18, you're laughing to the bank. Assuming everybody else produced even close to what you expect, you're probably like, this is found money. I had a couple leagues this week where, again, had to start Kyron Williams at running back. Had to. Went that deep in terms of fading running backs, and I threw him in there, and boom, 17-plus points. And the person that you're playing is probably sitting there going like, there's no way. How did you get so lucky? And really, the idea was I didn't get lucky. I made the right call, but it was a planned call. It wasn't luck. It wasn't that I was so inept at picking running backs that I just put him in. It was literally, that was the plan to be able to just make that decision without thinking about it any further. And it was because I went so extreme and built my team around it. And it really is a beautiful thing when it works. So I just wanted to highlight that and just keep that in the back of your mind. If you're building teams this way, keep that in the back of your mind for the rest of the season. Understand the league economy, but also understand truly how you maximize the strategy is to build the team around it correctly, but also be active on the market, right? If you don't need the spot starts and you have extras, convert it to a liquid draft pick. Send it to your biggest competitor. Let them have the spot start, especially if you're playing a portfolio when you know you have 7D on Jacksons out there. There were a couple leagues I traded them away. I probably had one or two other options similar. And you know what? I probably could have started him. In fact, I probably would have started him in one or two of those that I traded him away. I probably would have played him. And even in those, I'm like, you know what? I have another option that I can throw in. And so I'll just take the pick. So keep that in mind if you're going to continue to play this way. You do have to grind. You do have to be cognizant of what your roster looks like, what the economy is in your league, and why it makes sense to liquidate some of those players when you're not using them. But even if you have too many of them and you go, hey, I can make a decision between this guy and that guy, you know, Josh Kelly or Deion Jackson, I can make the decision. I don't want to make the decision. So let me just alleviate it, trade one of them away for whatever I can get. Fab dollars, a third, two fourths, whatever. 
and I'll just start the other one. So make your decisions easier and just live with the results. Next topic I wanted to cover is the J.K. Dobbins injury. Uh, unfortunately, early on in the early slate, we got the word that J.K. Dobbins left with a leg injury. I remember watching the play and kind of limped off, and then he walked off the field, and you're like, ah, it doesn't look good. But again, you never really know what those things are. They actually called it an ankle injury uh, in the sports book. We were in the Circus sports book. Awesome layout. Uh, but they kept flashing up there. He left the game with an ankle injury. And then it turns out we get the news on X that they fear that he has a torn Achilles. And man, that's just an absolute gut punch. I never root for injuries. As much as injuries create topic points, discussion points, they create content for us. Like we don't root for injuries. I never root for a player to be injured, but it's part of the game. And sometimes you feel a little guilty about, you know, putting out analysis of what to do after an injury, but I've done this for long enough that you just have to react. You just have to react because somebody is going to ask the question. Somebody is going to ask the question right away. And so I'm browsing through the discord and a bunch of people start asking, what do we do with Dobbins now that it looks like he has a torn Achilles did confirm that he did have a torn Achilles. So what do you do? I mean, this is a guy that is two years removed from an ACL tear. Remember, he tore his ACL in August of 2021, and now he has suffered a season-ending Achilles injury, and the timing sucks. It's right at the beginning of the year, but knowing what we've seen with the Achilles injuries before, and shout out to Jeff Mueller, who will be releasing a weekly article on initial reactions to injuries that took place on Sunday. Uh, you'll find that every morning, every Monday morning on Destination Devi website. But it's just terrible timing for the injury. It's going to take him out for the rest of the season, obviously. Uh, but then also what we've seen with these guys with Achilles injuries is, man, especially after how he recovered from the ACL, it, it's just a poor bet to bet on him mean anything other than a body going forward. And I maybe was a little bit overzealous on Twitter, but I essentially posted, I'm trying to trade him for anything I can get. I'm going to try to trade for, obviously, if I can get a second, sure. If someone wants to buy the name J.K. Dobbins, then fine, a second. But as a couple people commented and also in the Discord, nobody's going to give you a second. And then it's, do I take a third? I would take a third. And then going forward, if I can't get a third, fab dollars, a fourth, you have to understand your league market. There's some leagues that I'm in that fab is extremely valuable. There's other leagues that I'm in really doesn't matter much. So understand the fab market. But I would also say if you have the leverage on fab in your league, there's going to be one or two opportunities where you can out leverage and out maneuver everybody with the highest fab bid and you end up getting a spot start. And essentially that is worth a third. So right there, you could tell me having the lead in fab, if I can double up on my fab because someone trades me all their remaining fab dollars for J.K. Dobbins so they can stash him on their IR, that's almost like getting a third at least, if not two thirds. So think about it that way. It's not always about the pick. It's about what you can do with the asset that you're getting back. So my take on Dobbins is I don't have a ton of Dobbins. I believe I have him in four dynasty leagues, but I've already said, like, I'll take what I can get for him. And it's not that I don't want to hold him on IR. It's not that I don't think maybe 
and shout out to Izzy Alcafas who kind of challenged me uh, on Twitter a little bit on this. Maybe I can get a second if he recovers from the Achilles injury. But I don't know about that. I think the market is getting a lot smarter. And the other thing that we don't necessarily account for is if I can get a third and maybe 6% fab dollars, something like that, or a third and a fourth, or just a third, what is that worth to me from now to the end of the season versus me risking that I can maybe get a second next July? If it sounds like Dobbins may actually defy the odds and be back for next season. And that doesn't even account for the fact that I never really want to bet on him being impactful or good again. But even if he just says he's coming back, there's going to be people that go, you know what? I'll bet on the name. I'll bet on the talent. Maybe I'll give you a second, two years down the road, but that's best case scenario. That's best case scenario that you find somebody that's willing to do that. And I really don't want to be holding Dobbins when he resumes playing. Because there's a lot that has to go right for his price ever to be more than that. But the opportunity cost that is lost of me occupying that roster spot with him sitting there. Now, a good point that was made was depending on your IR rules, a lot of my leagues, IR has to be cleared by February. So I don't have a roster spot for him after February. I can't stash him on IR. If you can stash him on IR, leave him there for the next four or five months, no big deal. But if you have to clear that, eventually you're going to have to free up that spot and either decide to use a roster spot on him or liquidate at that time. And the way that I play, and anyone that's in some lineup leagues with me has seen, like I always will maximize the roster spots if there's players that I deem I'm willing to pick them up. And especially in the offseason, I will pretty much max every available spot with any running back on a 53 any backup quarterback that I think has a chance of being a backup going into the season. So I don't really have time for assets there. If I know they're liquid and I can move them for something, a lot of times it's really about the structure that I have. And because I can't necessarily fit Dobbins into a structure of any running back on a 53, I'd rather trade him and pick up somebody else because effectively he's going to be the same thing. Essentially what I've been saying about this injury is it relegates him to just another running back body. And it's unfortunate because of where he started versus where he is now, but two devastating injuries like this in the first three and a half years of a man's career, it's just a bad bet. So what I'm doing with Dobbins, and I, I even said it on that thread, by time we get to midweek this week, I will have no shares of Dobbins. I will find a way to move him in every league that I have him, and we'll see what the prices are. I have no problem following through and saying, you know what? I only got a third for him. I only got fab dollars for him. I only got another fill-in running back for him. Whatever it is, my goal is to not have any Dobbins for that reason. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with the headache of holding that asset because I don't think the return is high enough for me to sit on the roster spot for almost nine, ten months until maybe there's a glimmer of hope that I could find, maybe not even someone to buy at a higher price, but someone just to buy in general. Meaning it's not just one manager that will buy or zero managers that will buy. The difference may be someone will buy next summer. They'll still give me a third, but they're actually willing to buy versus not willing to buy now. So I'd like to hear from everybody on what they see with Dobbins moves out there. I've already seen a bunch of posts People trading for thirds, people trading for a fourth and a third and fab. Like there's been some deals that I've already saw go down. 
Uh, and a couple of people have even mentioned that they've tried to get a second or they've tried to put it out there that they would trade him, and it's just crickets. Like nobody actually is interested in picking him up. And maybe that will wear off a little bit. The immediate reaction of the injury, you know, people just don't even want to bother. Give it a couple weeks and someone out there will say, hey, go buy low on J.K. Dobbins. If you can buy him for a third, then it's worth the risk. And that's fine. Obviously, I play a different way than a lot of others. I play a very extreme strategies and I play a portfolio. So I look at it like, you know what? I have an asset that was worth a dollar. It's now worth 10 cents and you're willing to give me 15 cents. So I'll just take it and I'll walk away, take my losses. And really it's about what can I add that 15 cents to, to do something else that could be more useful down the road. So that's the take on Dobbins. It's unfortunate, but I think it's important to go through this exercise. And I don't want to put this out in the world, but just think about what would happen if another player, insert any player, I'm not even going to say any names because I don't want to wish it upon any players, but just insert, what if this were to happen? What if X player tore their Achilles or X player tore an ACL or X player had an injury that was deemed, man, that is a bad one. That is one that's probably going to keep them out at least six to eight months, if not longer. Like, you know the injuries. I don't even need to say what they are. You know the half a dozen injuries or so. When you hear that, you're like, yikes, that could be career impacting. But what would the response from the community be? And that's why I wanted to bring this up. It's not as much about Dobbins. Obviously, I can give my specifics on what I'm doing with Dobbins, but it's not as much about Dobbins. It is going through that mental exercise of what if. What would it look like if X happened? And run that through your head and really think about, okay, if X happened here and Y happened there, what would the differences be? Even if right now when they're playing, when they're healthy, you look at those players as identical, what would the reaction of the community be if it happened? And I think that's key. That's where I think the answer lies to some of these questions as to how you maneuver player assets. It is the what if game, but also how would people respond? Is the player somebody that people liked, that they genuinely wanted to have, and it would just manifest a market if there was anything positive on them? Then there are other players that never had any of that going for them. Nobody liked them. Nobody thought they were good. Nobody believed in them. But maybe they were producing. And you go, okay, I only like them because they're producing. But as soon as you take that away, as soon as you add an injury to the equation, that player's done. No one wants him. There's no market. But just think about that. Think about that scenario, the what-if scenario, and just mentally visualize, okay, if I'm looking at a profile of this player, I have to know how the market views them aside from any of their production, any of their situation. How do people feel about those players? And if you can really kind of get a mental picture of that, And just do the exercise. Pick five players randomly and just think about in your head, what does the dynasty community think about these players? And don't look at it from, oh man, they're on a great team. Everybody loves their quarterback. So therefore, everybody likes him. Think about what do people think of the player? What would be the reaction if the impact from their production was wiped away? What would the reaction be? Would it be positive? Would that be a player you'd go, you know what? I actually wouldn't mind having a couple of those players if they were injured because I'd still be able to trade them away. And then on the other end, it was, man, if that guy gets an injury, nobody will want him at all. 
So just kind of think about that and go through that mental exercise because there's going to be more injuries. And sometimes the best moves are the ones you make right away. You just wipe your hands clean of the situation and move on. Because uh, I learned this experience with Dobbins the first time, with Cam Akers, with Javante Williams, with Trey Lance. A lot of those guys, my immediate reaction, uh, which will now be moving over to this feed or the DD Discord and the Trades in 5 Discord, my immediate reaction that I put out on the Dynasty and Chill Patreon page was always liquidate. Liquidate. I, I don't necessarily need to sit on an injured running back or a quarterback that still held damn near first round value after a broken ankle. Just liquidate. And sometimes you're wrong, but more often than not, if you have a process, especially if you have an active league and you have a portfolio, it's almost always beneficial to just bank the asset, move on and let somebody else worry with now, okay, this is what I need to happen. I need X to happen or I need Y to happen. So I can now flip that asset that I quote unquote bought low or I bought the dip on after the injury happened. So just mentally do that exercise in your head and think about what makes up a player's value and just always be ready to react quickly within the first couple days. Don't wait. Don't wait a month and go, yeah, I'm just getting around to now putting Dobbins IR. Does, does anyone want him? Like do it right away. React quicker because the, the margins are going to be higher the quicker you move. Even if you're wrong. I'd still rather act right away, be the first to market, be the first one to start coming up with what I'm going to do before 50 content creators have the same opinion. And if it differs from what you wanted to do, then fine, maybe you can get it done. But if it's all the same, good luck. Good luck making those moves because it's going to be too late. You're going to have 20 people go, there's no way I would touch J.K. Dobbins ever again. So boom, there goes your market. You're not going to be able to move them. So just do that exercise. Think about it. I think it's very beneficial and it makes you really get some insight as to how to react quicker when something happens because it's such a reactionary game and you got to get to the market right away and start making moves to always stay ahead of the game. So finally, to close things, I want to just kind of give everybody a glimpse of what the 2023 content schedule is going to be for DD. Uh, one of the tasks that I've undertaken over the last couple weeks is really stepping up to revamp the content schedule, audio, video with the Trades in 5 integration into Destination Devi, uh, along with the upcoming launch of the new website, really putting together a consistent schedule that we're going to have every single week until the end of the season. When we get to the off season, there'll be maybe some tweaks uh, with the content schedule, but I just kind of want to go over it uh, for everybody. And I think the first thing to mention is there are actually going to be four avenues for audio video content for Destination Debbie. Obviously, you have this podcast feed, the Destination Debbie radio feed. Uh, you have the Wake Up Show, the Wake Up Pod feed uh, that has the Wake Up Show with uh, Ray and Jay Rich that's been up for a while, but I don't know if everybody that listens to this also subscribes to that, but that is going to be a feed that will have additional content on it as well. Uh, there's obviously the Destination Debbie YouTube feed and then the Discord channel. The Discord is going to have more content as we get this season going, exclusive AMAs with some of the creators, exclusive shows that you will only get in the Discord if you're part of the Heisman tier or the Trades in 5 tier, uh, you'll get additional content in there as well. Uh, and then obviously the voice chats where sometimes there's recordings of the voice chats that are put out uh, specifically for the Discord members. So you'll get additional audiovisual content 
uh, in the Discord as well. So on the pod feed, specifically the DD pod feed, the Destination Debbie Radio pod feed, uh, Mondays you'll have Destination Dynasty with me. Uh, Tuesday morning, so moving to Tuesday in the very early morning, uh, you will get the overreaction pod with Chase and Cody. And it's truly going to be overreaction. They're going to talk about immediate reactions and things that just happened. So that is going to be the first thing you're going to hear on the Destination Debbie radio feed. First thing Tuesday morning. It's going to be up very early, bright and early in the morning on Tuesdays, the overreaction pod. So a fitting title from Chase and Cody. They are awesome. They have great rapport together. But that's what you're going to get first thing in the morning on Tuesdays. Tuesday afternoon, you're going to get the Grinding the Wire show uh, with Ike talking about the waiver wire, um, redraft waiver wire, touch on a little bit of Dynasty, but Grinding the Wire with Ike, a co-host of Off the Line with Gene. So you'll get Ike's solo show, probably have some guests on periodically, but you're going to get Grinding the Wire Tuesday afternoon uh, with Ike. Wednesday morning. So you're going to notice now that the Trades in 5 content from the YouTube channel will be simulcasts on the podcast feed. So you will get the Tuesday night live stream from Dynasty Trades in 5 on the Wednesday morning feed uh, with Destination Devi Radio. So you will get the Tuesday night Trades in 5, Wednesday morning on the pod feed. Thursday morning, you will get off the line with Gene and Ike. Thursday afternoon, you will get Dynasty Different with Clay. That is Clay's show that he does talking about Dynasty different ways of playing Dynasty, bringing on other Dynasty creators, uh, Dynasty business people that are running sites that are playing Dynasty different. So Clay's Dynasty different, which is streamed on YouTube, but you will also get that on the podcast feed. That'll be Thursday afternoons. Fridays, you will get Jordan J. Rich's Straight to the Bank show. He did an awesome show before week one with Jordan Vanek, uh, but you will get J. Rich's Straight to the Bank on Friday. Saturday morning, you will get Manic and Chill, which is Shane and I's show that we do on Dynasty Trades in 5. You will get the show with Shane and I, Manic and Chill, on Saturday morning on the pod feed. And then Paul and Derek with the new Destination Devi College Football Podcast. They have been awesome. Great resource to reach out for the recap of the day in college football, talking Devi, talking college props. Uh, you'll get that on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, you will get Jeff Mueller's Dynasty injury pod. So he'll talk everything through sit starts, impacts on injuries for the upcoming week of games. So a full content schedule, uh, 10 different shows will be on the feed, uh, starting Monday with destination dynasty and all the way through Sunday morning with Jeff on the injury pod. So that is on the destination Debbie radio, uh, the wake up feed. So I already mentioned the wake up show with Ray and Jay rich Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you will get that after the show comes out. It usually populates in there. Uh, mid-morning after they record the show, it'll show up on the feed, so you can download and listen to that. If you miss it on the YouTube channel, uh, you can check it out on the pod feed. And then Destination Chill. So Ray and I do Destination Chill. We will be doing it on Wednesday nights for the season. So the next show will be this upcoming Wednesday, September 13th, uh, but that will come out on Thursday morning on the wake-up feed. So if you do not get a chance to catch Destination Chill on Wednesday nights, you can catch it the replay, obviously you can watch it on YouTube, but you can also catch the replay on the wake up pod feed on Thursday morning. So that's what will be on the wake up feed, the wake up show Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then destination chill on Thursday morning. You can get it there. The YouTube feed, it'll have the wake up shows. It'll have destination chill. 
Uh, but then it also has the new Breakfast and Bet show with Ray uh, and Mitch talking prop bets. That will be on Wednesdays and on Sundays. So you can check that out. Uh, they just did the first one uh, this Sunday. So check that out as well on the Destination Debbie YouTube feed. And then I mentioned the Discord shows. So if you subscribe to the Trades in 5 tier on the Discord, obviously if you're in Heisman, you will get this as well. But if you're in the Trades in 5 Discord, you will get Shane's Monday morning drive show. And it's literally exactly what it sounds like. Monday morning, Shane live in the Discord, Discord only, talking about his observations, thoughts, pretty much questions and thoughts from him as to what happened on Sundays. So it'll be a Monday morning drive with Shane. Uh, Ray will continue to do his AMA during the season. Uh, and I believe he is going to do it right after Destination Chill, is my understanding. So after Destination Chill, which is going to be 8 to 9 on Wednesday nights on YouTube, uh, Ray will go over to the Discord and do an AMA in there. I will probably join him every once in a while, but because we're coming off of Destination Chill, uh, probably Ray going solo. Maybe he'll have other creators uh, in there, but the AMA will follow Destination Chill. So if you want Ray, Wednesday nights, you're going to get Ray on Destination Chill. And then if you're in the Discord, you can go over, hop into the Discord, and an AMA for Ray with another hour starting at 9 p.m. Eastern in the Discord. And then Saturday nights, uh, Trades in 5, Shane and I will be doing a Saturday night AMA, talking all things trades, sit starts, whatever it might be. Uh, and that's where basically this topic for today's show at the beginning, talking about the running backs, really came up uh, and was essentially an inspiration for me to put it out on this episode because I think it's a really good topic, especially as we're going to see this week to week with running backs. So you'll get that Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, exclusively in the Discord. So as you can see, a lot more content coming from DD. Uh, we have some new creators that are potentially going to be joining us at some point with some different types of shows. Uh, the Dynasty Trade Show will be back in some form or fashion, so stay tuned for an announcement on that sometime, probably in the next month or so. Just have to figure out exactly what the new trade show is going to be. Uh, there's always been a trade show on DD and is going to continue in some form or fashion, so stay tuned uh, for an announcement with that. Uh, and then I'm not going to go through what's going to be on the website, but we have a full slate of content lined up for the website uh, Monday through Saturday original articles from some new content creators at DD that you have not heard from. Uh, but as soon as the website uh, gets announced and it is open to the public, uh, once that takes place, you'll have opportunities to browse through that, sign up, and also check out the content that will be coming weekly from the Destination Endeavor creators. So I'm super excited. Uh, it's been a lot of work by everybody put in to get this rolling for the start of the season. We're here. It's going to be a grind. Every week is a grind. You don't really appreciate the grind until you're in the midst of it. And at times it can be exhausting. So I would just urge everybody, stick with it. We're here because we love this game. We're here because in, in a way, in a sick way, the grind is why we are here. It's the week-to-week -week slate of football, getting to watch games, and then getting to react and strategize to what it gives us. What are the results? coming up with the strategy. That is what I love. That is organically what got me into this space, what got me into even wanting to create content was I have all this to say and I have all of this in my mind and I want to put it out there and share it. And it has evolved into opportunities to meet a ton of great people and, and literally keep the game going 
not just watching football, but bringing this game that we love called Dynasty uh, to us every single week. So I'm grateful for the opportunity. Really excited for the season with the new DD launch, all the new creators that I'll be able to work with. And yeah, it's going to be super exciting. And yeah, with that longer episode than I thought, I always say, oh, this is going to be a short one and it ends up being over 45 minutes. Uh, but with that, I will go ahead and sign off. Again, very short time. You'll hear more about the website. If you want to jump in Heisman or you want to get access to the Trades in 5 Discord, get on it very shortly. It's a very limited time that it's going to remain open. Patreon.com slash all gas. Check it out. If you have any questions, message me. That is where all of my responses are typically going to be at this point. I get a lot of messages on other platforms, on Twitter, uh, and I'm just going to direct everybody over to the Discord. I'll be in there all the time. There's a ton of great Dynasty Minds, all of the DD creators over there as well. So if you want access, check out the Discord. And with that, enjoy the rest of week one. Hopefully everybody comes out on top. But if not, just remember it's a long season. I will go ahead and sign off. Be chill. There's a rumor going down.